this country is full of reformists, black people notwithstanding. And these reformists have a tendency to deceive you to let you believe that things are really being changed when in fact the foundation has not been touched and the longer it stays, the more rotten it becomes, the more rotten it becomes. A revolutionary comes into the building, observes Ackerman Hall and says, looks at the foundation and said, hey, this foundation is filthy, it's rotten, it's corrupt, it must be torn up. A new one must be put in its place. Once he makes that decision, and once that theoretical decision which he's made is demonstrated actively in his day-to-day -day life, you have a revolutionary. Thus, a revolutionary is not someone who seeks to reform a system, he's someone who seeks to replace it. I'm a revolutionary. I'm not a reformist. I want the American system destroyed. It must be destroyed and has to be replaced. It has to be replaced. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Again, I'm not calling for revolution. I see it coming, and I want to be part of the solution. I don't want to be part of the problem. I've been the victim too long, so I want to be part of the solution. The old world is ending. And we have the opportunity to rethink everything. This is a show about the systemic problems in our world. And the real solutions we have today. To transition from an apocalyptic storm of war, scarcity, and ecological collapse. To create an abundantly advanced collaborative society. That sustains all life. You may think it's an impossible dream. But the alternative is an inevitable nightmare. We're your hosts, Matt Holton, Amanda Smith, and Zachary Marlowe. And together, we can move past this economic absurdity and come together to actualize our collective potential to create something completely new. We are Mindless Society. And we're live. Happy Juneteenth, y'all. Racism is still alive and well. It's structurally embedded into the fabric of our society. Uh, black and brown people still have a, a hell of a time just driving in their car, going to the grocery store. And um, that's the topic of today's episode uh, with two brilliant black revolutionaries, Ron, who we all know and love, and uh, Lawrence, who goes by Black Leftist on the gram. Lawrence and I connected uh, a few months ago, and uh, we've just been loving the content that he shares. It's a very... Uh, consistent, radical, brilliant, funny, insightful, just always present uh, meme lord, <laughs> liberating us from, liberating us, our consciousness one bathroom break at a time. And uh, the question was like, posed, like, why aren't there more black revolutionaries? And so uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to be a good ally this episode. I'm just going to sit back and listen and nod my head and say, wow, so brave, so harrowing and true. You, you go, <laughs> black, black girl magic. <laughs> <laughs> but Lawrence, why don't you introduce yourself and um, let's get into that question. Why aren't there more black leftists? Why aren't there more black radicals? Yeah. So hi, Lawrence, black leftist here. I usually don't show my face. So uh, hello. Nice to see you uh, for the first time, I'm sure. Uh, but, you know, my journey is average. I would say I didn't care about politics. Then I cared a little bit about Obama. And then I saw somebody in, you know, critique Obama. It was Bernie Sanders. And uh, after he critiqued Obama, I started looking into him. I started uh, paying attention because I agreed with him. Right. And I was like, OK, so finally Obama's not king. And I moved on from there uh, after Bernie 
volunteering uh, showed me that there was a, an entire like sea change available to me. And, you know, following Malcolm X and following uh, Martin Luther King and following Fred Hampton and all these people, Amilcar Cabral, Thomas Sankara, all these, all these people I didn't either know about or didn't know their radical nature or, or their revolutionary nature at all. And so the pictures were nice, but I wish people had told me more about this sooner. So, you know, I'm looking and looking and looking for the, this community to talk about this with, and nobody is talking about it anywhere near me. So I go online. I get into political group me's and, and things like that and get my chops up, start learning crazy words like anarcho-communism, yada, yada. And, <laughs> you know, and uh, in the political compass chart for one year, I remember all of that good stuff. So I went through the whole, you know, journey and uh, started reading books one by one. The theory uh, is necessary. Now I'm, I'm, I'm currently on a binge uh, for organizing right now. Uh, we'll talk about that later. But I couldn't find uh, me, right? So I made the account. Uh, well, I should say I was doing it on my own and nobody liked it. My circle originally on Instagram did not like it. Then I made a new account, named it Black Left. I couldn't get the T. I could not get the last T. That's why it's just Black Leftists. But I like it because I say it that way anyway, right? It's Black. But anyway, um, yeah, I couldn't find me. I could not find a community to talk about anything other than liberal or conservative uh, concerns. And that led me to eventually get off GroupMe, get on Instagram and just start following these accounts uh, more seriously and recreating what they were doing. And I mean, I'll give a big shout out, you know, Moneyless is a beautiful Instagram uh, page if you know nothing else uh, about it. Uh, upstream, uh, I look at uh, This American Left. You know, it, the list is, is very long, right? There was uh, Redfish Stream, Soapbox Stand. There were all these Instagram accounts, and I noticed a full, like, community. Everyone was just passing around these memes together and sharing what they needed to. And so I didn't recreate the wheel. I just did it as well. And um, the content is endless, you know, uh, between old content and uh, new concerns that provide new uh, interpretations of the conditions that we're dealing with, things like that. It's, it's, it's endless, the conversation that needs to happen, right? My mission was to get people engaged because I was tired of just arguing. I was going back and forth with everybody endlessly. I, I literally, like, I don't know if y'all follow Talib Kweli. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's still on a bench right now, just arguing with one races at a time. He's going ham. And you, you really do do that. And then you think you're going to get somewhere. And then for me anyway, I, I never, you know, made a dent. So, um, yeah, that's a little bit about uh, how I got to this point. You know, I, I never broke 4K uh, and then, I, I've found the recipe and stuck to it and took it seriously. And now memes and tweets encourage people to organize, which is all I want. Because if I could give you a quick thesis, I feel like if everyone organizes in their communities or workplaces and we get to be a, 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 a massive uh organized labor and social justice movement, then we can get closer to being able to even achieve things like general strikes or any other mass acts, which gets you closer to the my, my favorite uh, 
the international proletariat revolution. So the union of union of unions, as I call it, when I try to tell people. And it, it's, I, I think that's the way um, we could talk about, uh, you know, Cornell is running third party and we could talk about whatever else you want to. But I, I think that I, I see a clear path and I've, I've listened to enough people to, to have an idea. So, yeah. That was my stream of consciousness. Yeah. Inter international proletarian revolution is the, the secret flavor at Baskin Robbins that they will not put on the menu, even though it's the most delicious of them all. 100%. Uh, Tom, what do you think about all that? What do you think about this, that essential question? Why aren't there more black leftists? Well, yeah, like I said, I couldn't agree more with um, a lot of what black leftists had to say. And like just to piggyback, like I feel like um, part of what kind of hinders um, like a lot of the progressive sort of thought forms and the progressive like ways of living are um, just the, the conservative like fears that have been crippling our communities for like ages at this point. Um, like it's a epigenetic thing at this point, like it's just built into our, our DNA to where we feel like conformity um, will somehow like yield us more success and like better um better social placement like um it's just a a very violent feedback loop where we feel like there's no escape and like it doesn't help that when people do try to like um sort of initiate these like conversations and like stratify themselves from the dominant culture like the alienation that happens from that is only further validation that like maybe that's something that we shouldn't be doing <laughs> like i kind of like having friends in a social life and a, a family that doesn't like shun me so um yeah i think those are like huge factors and i went through a similar struggle of like being online and even within like friend groups and social groups just trying to be that person um the woke friend like <laughs> trying to um, put people on game you know and yeah to no avail so like like you said there's it's imperative for us to find those communities and like you said um escape those like dichotomies of like liberalism and conservatism and like socialism capitalism all that like um at the end of the day uh, unity consciousness is like uh the way forward and yeah it's pretty much what you were saying so yeah if i could add um it's important what you said about that alienation thing uh regarding thinking differently in in this society and trying to be validated by your community right that's not always uh uh, implied or, or that's not inherent that, that's not inherent right that doesn't just happen uh, right you have to actually unlearn a lot of things and then learn a lot of things right there's a lot of apathy out there you know when I talk to my friends uh, they don't believe they think I'm sarcastic when I say I want these things that should be so positive right I used to work at UPS I used to be in the truck and I used to talk this talk and they'd be like get your positive ass out the truck you know all that all that crazy stuff so I find that to be interesting. Oh, my baby's up. I hope I didn't wake him. But um, yeah, just the idea that we're like, 
<laughs> like we're just the idea that we're just to settle for mediocrity like that, that's just the best we can do you know you kind of have to deal with it and like our, if anything our people like have the most to gain out of sort of like undermining and like obsoleting this current structure like considering the unspeakable damage that it's done but like i said there's just the fear of repercussion and the fear of alienation like it's one of the main driving factors if not the main drive driving factor like behind the apprehension that we see from any any sort of like um black progressivism because all you have to do is look back one two generations and um you, you see what type of consequences some of our ancestors face and like you were saying thomas Sankara and fred hampton just all these people just eradicated from the face of the planet for wanting better for them and their communities who's had everything taken from them <laughs> right yeah and then so we're this ignorant apathetic mass misdirected uh with our goals focused on uh what did, what did Harry Belafonte say? Trinkets uh, that uh, bring about our own do- downfall, right? Our participation in, in capitalism. Uh, it's interesting that that is the goal. I understand it. As I climbed the corporate ladder, I learned how unremarkable other people were. So it hit, getting closer and closer to the goal, you start to wonder, is this, is this right? And obviously, you know, um, I'll use... MLK's Birmingham jail letter, right, where he wrote about the white moderate and things like that and the burning, you know, entering a burning house. If you, I believe, I interpret that to mean I'm fighting, I'm fighting this wonderful fight uh, for us, but the whole system actually needs a, you know, to be fixed. I don't want to participate. I don't want my place at this table. Right. And so I just, I think it's it's clear that when you learn about Malcolm X and Martin Luther King having anti-capitalist sentiment, or Fred Hampton, who is like the inverse of Jay Z, right? Uh, to 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 say what they say and mean it and and be juggernauts in the community, it should be okay. But as we know, '60s they ruined everything. Uh, got rid of. I don't see the nation doing what they were doing, pulling people off the street, giving them beds and jobs. Um, I don't see the Black Panther Party organizing and educating and feeding or anything like that, right? All of that is gone. Um, Integration hurt uh, the community, right? You're now surrounded by people who don't like you. Uh, Birmingham turned into Birmingham, right? All that good stuff. Um, It's, and then you, you take away as I, I just posted about that too. Um, you take away labor. My dad is sixty, like five. He talks about how. So he was born in fifty eight. So he talks about growing up. His father was in a union in construction, right? That took care of them, right? They did not see issues, but they did see entire factories go barren, right? Entire factories in their communities go barren. And when when you ruin the core of the militant, you know, uh, labor force. You you obviously got the opportunity for any any real change that mixed with you know 
we can talk about neoliberalism and all these other there's really a lot when you think about it why why there's not a lot of black leftists right both presently and in the past uh that are coming in coming into to play but i really think it's interesting i have to point this out one more time and i didn't mean for to to think i thought we'd be thinking about the past so much but i i'm really vexed by the present right so many people are concerned with their idea of revolution is becoming the white man right getting mm. getting to that goal i'm living the life right that is insufficient woefully insufficient and uh you'll never get there and uh you'll never you know what i mean so so you you're going in the wrong direction and there's and when when it inevitably under when capitalism undermines you as it does today right when capitalism undermines this goal and it, you get more and more frustrated you're going to become an incel just because you didn't know there was something to the left of democrats that's dangerous you know what i'm saying we're we're, we're really going to catch a l like 18 percent of black men voted for trump 33 percent latino you know what i mean and and let me say this they used to go on bernie bros these angry white men i'm like i'm black i'm angry i'm the one and they just didn't care (laughs) i was erased i just have to say all that wow so brave so i'm I'm gonna minimize i'm literally gonna minimize like my screen in the in the edit of this i'm gonna be like such a performative ally (laughs) but no i think uh it's always been impressive to me how resilient black people are like I, I lived in a lot of poor black neighborhoods in Atlanta Atlanta has some of the most extreme income inequality wealth inequality in the world and so I was always disturbed by the ease and comfort that my white brothers and sisters uh, had with it that they were next to it and they were gentrifying these neighborhoods actively with their little dance parties and their little ir- irony and and their little uh, you know, social club, their little clicks of their little cheap rent that their parents were paying, that my parents were paying, that I, you know, of course, didn't always have this awareness as well. I mean, shouldn't put myself above them because I was them. I was, you know, a gentrifier in a poor black neighborhood, you know, and, uh, ma- you know, made the jokes, oh, was that fireworks or was that a gunshot? <laughs> you know, that, that honkies, honkies make these, you know, uh, anxious, nervous jokes because it's like we're all kind of aware of this thing, but to truly gaze into it, to truly understand it. I had to be educated, you know, and I had to, for, to truly understand it, I had to understand class consciousness. I had a friend that was uh, into a little, a little old writer named Karl Marx, some old bearded dude, who uh, blew my mind, you know, explaining class, explaining to me who grew up fairly wealthy, you know, white, with all these stacked privileges that, uh, you know, the working class of the world lives very differently, that the poor live very differently. I've, I've been poor ever since then, ever since I left home, basically, and have been shocked by it, you know, and most people just don't understand it. And most people don't understand really that class is at the root of all these disputes. And so the culture warriors and the conservatives and the leftists, or not the leftists, the liberals, they are stuck in this paradigm where they're they can only conceive of things in this identitarian sort of way of you know we need to get x percent more black ceos you know front and center we need to have we need to use ai to uh, generate um racially indiscriminate uh actors for products you know like we need to get we need we need more black characters in animated 
TV series is, you know, like that's what progress is. And it, because there isn't another like group of people or another movement that is saying like, first and foremost, this is a class issue. We're dealing with class oppression, class-based oppression and black people, brown people, any other people that's not white, that's not the dominant hegemonic role, uh, are going to be marginalized more because of it. So, um, I'm really just sitting back and enjoying the conversation here. You, you guys both have nice, deep, slow, low voices. Uh, so I would just, you know, love to stir the pot a little bit to talk about uh, class oppression and how racial oppression is really just the the top hat on class oppression. Well, yeah, it's like you were saying, um, like we've formed this illusion or kind of been like, inundated with this illusion that like now success can only be viewed as like wholly becoming the white man um and that's like that could saying that's a um a classist sort of like um capitalist like um byproduct like there's no instinctual like will for us to do that it's a survival mechanism. Um, a friend of mine was uh, making a video the other day about like uh, code switching, and like we need to call that for, like what it is, um, like call it for what it is, um, and it's just a survival mechanism because we've been conditioned to have to assimilate like the best we can uh, within the dominant culture, within the dominant society, and that's always going to look like parroting and copying the white man and poverty is one hell of an incentive to to get people to do that i mean it's the it's the newest form of oppression and one of the most like profound ones one of the most effective ones and like what it's done to our people um it's kind of like skewed our perspective and like now we're taking this like incremental and like um unlikely yes like just these scenarios of um us like sort of equating and like being parallel to the white man as it comes to social stratification we think um, we can somehow weasel our way into that one percent and become these yeah these ceos and entrepreneurs and you know that'll somehow lead to liberation financial freedom they like to call it but you shouldn't have to like freedom is inherent to just your being as a as an organism on this planet it's not something that you should have to like free yourself from the financial shackles of capitalist hegemony to attain so yeah, I just think we need to stop accepting these incremental forms of like um, placating, like just gestures and incentives, and really like value ourselves more to the point where we want more for ourselves. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's hard too. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? Free- freedom under capitalism is the freedom to become the slave owner. It's the freedom to oppress and exploit other people. Whereas uh, I read a, a Toni Morrison quote the other day that said, freedom is the ability to free other people. So true freedom 
isn't getting your piece of the cake. True freedom isn't, you know, that seat at the table. Freedom is, you know, making sure everyone has a seat at the table. True freedom is so much further than individual success. And it's, it's really painful to encounter people. I went on some show the other day and this guy was talking about it was a big party line show with a bunch of people and guests. And this guy was like, well, I worked myself out of the hood and, you know, I, I had to hustle and blah, blah, blah. And now I've got my own business. And, and, you know, he was just basically saying that that was success. And he's like, and we can do it, guys. We can all do it. We can all bring ourselves out of poverty. And we know structurally that is impossible, that capitalism relies on ever increasing, uh, like lack of power for the wealth, ever increasing an ever shrinking number of rich people as, as wealth inequality goes up. I mean, it's not raising all boats and it's, it's going to be the death of us all if we don't realize that. And it's, it's, uh, it's a very interesting and, and brilliant, insidious, uh, you know, duplicity of the mind that the, that people's minds have been captured so much that these peoples who were literally enslaved and brought over on ships that, that is that was not a long time ago. Like there are, are, you know, living lineages of this. You can still see the fucking scratch marks in in like, you know, I've been through the South. I grew up in the South. I've been to plantations and seen slave quarters and seen fingernail marks where people were dragged out of their beds. You know, that's very fresh. And it's just very painful and, and, and uncomfortable and tragic that. You know, you have people like that fucking Jay-Z moment recently where he was like <laughs> talking about how capitalist is a bad word and they use it as an insult and they just want to bring us down. It's like, no, Jay-Z. They, yes, they do want to bring you down. They want to bring you back down to fucking earth to live like the rest of us humans because you don't understand. <laughs> Lawrence, you, you were posting about that one. Can you, can you uh, explain that situation? I would love to hear your, your oh, you, you wound up and, and blast back at that because that shit is so absurd. So my guy Jigga, <laughs> Jigga man, <laughs> he 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 decides he decides to say that before we became the capitalists, everything was cool. Now that black people are capitalists, now suddenly it's a bad thing. He was saying that on some Twitter call, right? And so I hear you, Jay Z. But in the '60s, I saw Fred Hampton say, "Like I'll ring him by his neck myself if a if a black capitalist or any other capitalist come in in the neighborhood and and rob the people." Period. Right. So I know it's old. I know you're either lying, or uh, I don't know. I don't want to say evil. I don't know what the term is. Malicious. Right. So I don't know what his plan was with that i i mean he said i arrived on the day fred hampton died real just multiply right i don't understand uh where he's where he's going with this uh why he's he's doing this but it's like you said um i think he's at the top so he's the most sociopathic right you gotta you gotta lose yourself to get up there and uh Racism is that tool to, to divide, right? Used by capitalists uh, to, to make sure that we stay in the grind. So now you got black capitalism versus white capitalism and it's own. And we, we're, we're coming up, black excellence, right? Black excellence, black excellence. I, we, some of us celebrate black eyeness, right? Some of us just doing eye. <laughs> and uh, it, 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 it's, it is what it is, but um, the class consciousness has to come, right? We're all catching hell. We all need each other in order to defeat this foe. And usually, 
you can you can talk to people and tell them this, but the apathy cuts it short every single time. I do not understand. Like Jay Z himself would not uh, dream of what we're trying to do. It feels like it's very awkward. You know what I'm saying? Like you have all this and you still got that tiny heart. You know what I'm saying? You're you're well adjusted to a sick society. It's so funny because I was literally at work just just randomly just had this thought like I just don't trust Jay-Z at all. <laughs> like he, he he may seem like or come off sometimes as well intentioned, but I just don't trust him. And like um incidents like that um that post it kind of just confirms these things for me because you hear some of like the rhetoric in his music and it can be sometimes uplifting for us and um sometimes it can be refreshing but then there's other times where he's clearly misleading and misguiding people like under the false guise and the false premise of what we're talking about like freedom somehow being obtained by slavery and like just the idea that that's something that we should be satisfied with pursuing. It's like, nah, bro. <laughs> like, like you said, you have all these resources at your disposal. If you really wanted freedom for our people, you would buy a million acres, <laughs> right? And start like and start a constructing nation. like yeah, just crazy infrastructure, so like crazy culture, and yeah, just. Just have us there you, you know what's, what's funny is uh is kanye west actually there's some video floating around of him saying like money is bullshit and there's not enough money in the world but there's enough resources and we need a resource-based economy unfortunately it had to be kanye you know the craziest yeah. like a literal nazi like just yeah. well i don't know it's even calling him a nazi is weird because it's like somebody at that level just doesn't they can't they can't stand for something they physically can't you know they, I don't know, it's just like the, the way that being in that sociological relation, that relation with other people, with society, uh, it's it's dehumanizing. And it's like, if you were a billionaire, you can no longer trust 99.99.99999% of the people around you. Because you know everybody around you is kissing your ass. They want something from you. They're not going to be honest with you. They're not going to tell you straight up when you're full of shit. And uh, you literally pay people to surround you to uh, minimize your interaction with the other world. You have bodyguards, you have black cars with black tinted windows. You cut yourself off from society and that's the only way to become rich. To become yep. truly rich, you cannot be a man of the people. You cannot retain your connection to humanity. Maybe some have tried, you know, people like uh, Bob Marley would just like leave the gate open to his, his estate and people would come in there and live and, and you know, there's great videos of him saying things like people are like are you a rich man have you made a lot of money and he says well possessions make you rich he's like you know he really understood it and got it and that motherfucker was murdered and i think that's the essential answer to that to that question you know why aren't there more black revolutionaries i mean there's all these complex cultural political and ideological reasons but it's because they get murdered they just get straight up fucking killed all the time every time i mean every person you listed in, in the beginning of the show and probably every single black radical you've listed since and it, pretty much anyone you can point to except maybe James Baldwin. But I mean, come on, he was so sweet and peaceful and <laughs> lovely, but uh, they're all lovely and they're all po poets and sensitive people and brilliant thinkers and scholars. And they were all fucking murdered. Malcolm was murdered. Thomas Sankara was fucking betrayed by his best friend, paid off by the French. I mean, Patrice Lumumba, boom, murdered. I mean, you just, just, just 
throw a fucking dart anywhere in like this map of black revolutionaries or anybody who speaks out of line and goes too far and actually takes it seriously and you know tries to do something about it and they're gonna get fucking murdered they're gonna get taken out or they're gonna mysteriously die like tupac mm -hmm. uh lawrence could you could you list some uh, list and maybe give, give a little history of some of those people you were talking about and some of the people that uh, are not spoken about like thomas sankara specifically is somebody everybody should know i mean as a true hero like an absolute like pinnacle of heroism and virtue and justice and just a good person that was brought down by a horrible system. Yeah. Um, I would say, let's see, I'm not going to go too deep. I'm not a history buff, but I will say I, I read a lot about Fred Hampton, uh, Thomas Sankara, Patrice Lumumba, uh, um, Kwame Nkrumah. Uh, and I feel like, and of course, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King. Uh, and I feel like I, I just have to, as you were talking, I want to I want to point this out. We have this argument, right, the culture where we call it uh, liberalism versus conservatism. Uh, but all those people that died that you're naming are from like the step above that, right, with fascism versus communism. And I cannot, for the life of me, get my friends to view communism as a normal word. I don't know how you all feel about isms and things like that, but I feel like people are obsessed with the, the label and the name and they need to be able to talk about it. But we can't even, like when I bring up Thomas Sankara being a great man uh, and and the work that he's done, and, and I'll, I'll point to just winning, right? Just the fact that he won. Right. Just the fact that he was a victorious example. Right. Uh, they can't be objective about it uh, for, for whatever reason. But yeah, I was talking about that last night with a friend um, where I was watching a video that was just listening and explaining different uh, socialist countries. And it was just like, oh, you're indoctrinating yourself over there. And it's just like I'm literally just listening to descriptions of, of places that exist and, and different <laughs> systems. And we got into this whole long conversation and it was just so, it was just like navigating through a minefield talking about it. And yeah. I, I personally feel very aversely to isms. I don't define myself as a communist because I didn't read Karl Marx or any thinkers who called themselves communists. And that's what motivated me. I, I mean, I, I feel solidarity with those people and find a lot of kinship and camaraderie, but I'm motivated and informed by different streams of information and by different, different places that have brought me to very similar conclusions. But I still think it's weird that you can't just objectively research these things without being labeled a communist or you can't discuss them. You can't, you can't talk about anything good that they've done, that any, any advancement or achievement that's happened in any of these places all over the world, the final like capstone of the conversation, which got fucking tense and weird. And there was this weird long silence. And I had to turn around at the end and be like, listen, bottom line. I like reading about other societal arrangements. Anytime a group of people gets together and says, we want to do things differently, I'm fucking interested. And there's always lessons to learn. There's always things that they do well and things to, you know, say, let's figure that, let's do that. Like Thomas Sankar, for instance, you know, uh, education to all people. Uh, in, in the 60s or 70s, uh, you know, way back when, was, was very concerned with climate change and erosion and desertification and planted millions of trees, you know? I mean... 
just just so many good objectively good things that were done by these systems and people had this gut of knee-jerk aversion that says oh well well they they uh they killed a billion people and uh it's always just like I, I woke up this morning swinging at our people saying you know money is okay it's just a unit of account it's all this stuff and reading about poverty statistics and reading about the fact that like 80 percent of the world lives on less than five dollars a day a child dies of hunger uh, a, a child under the age of 15 dies of hunger every five seconds i mean the number of people that have been killed by this system is minimum 18 million every single year just for lack of basic necessities that's that's like uh, a third of the people that die on this planet die just for a lack of money. And so for any group of people to come together and say, uh, fuck this, fuck your debts, you know, fuck your global economic system, fuck your priorities, we're going to take care of our people. What happens to them then? Then what happens? Yeah, no. Um, what happens? <laughs> execution. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> While you were talking, I was thinking about Muammar Gaddafi and his trying to uh, make that that currency for Africa, and uh, and so he's Libya. He had his problems, right? <laughs> but to what extent were those made up? Uh, stories, you know, people always want to bicker about this or that. But I, I think at the end of the day, every single one of these Thomas Sankara and Burkina Faso. Burkina Faso, by the way, I don't know if you knew this, means like incorruptible man or something like that, or people. So when I put Thomas Sankara as my number two like example, I try to give people, I'm telling you, man, Thomas Sankara takes them as far as you can take them with one guy, but they see it and they, they're like, he's the quintessential example that I've been ignoring thus far. But anyway, uh, like, Gaddafi, Sankara, Amokar Cabral, I'm from uh, on my father's side, Guinea-Bissau, uh, you know, Patrice Lumumba. This is a long list. I, can't, I haven't found anyone for Nigeria. If you have anyone, let me know. I've been looking. Nigeria, I think, is just like the lone capitalist uh, state in, the, in that area, or nation in that area. But if everyone who speaks to a certain degree is risking death, right, and everyone who organizes is absolutely putting their putting their body on the line. And this has been forced on you, right? You have no other option. We we already know Kaepernick used to kneel, right? And we we that was like the most polite way he could ask for to not be shot in the street. And that, that was also insufficient, right? So there is no safe way for us to do what we're trying to do when we're trying to be these better subjects, when we're trying to uh, recreate this this uh, hope for a better world, right? I don't understand what the goal is for the other side. I think it's short-term profits, but I do believe that if we don't get people to just read about these histories and uh, pay attention to those that follow, uh, it's going to get way worse way sooner. Um, and I'm, I don't know how you two are, but I, I'm, I'm okay with starting a fire. You know what I mean? And like, we, we need to make sure that we can actually have a clear alternative, right? A clear alternative so that we can do something. Like, that's why I'm obsessed right now with organizing. I feel like all these people that I read about and hear about, they had, they had the structure, they had the people, they were, they, they had the, the leadership, they had the end goal, right? And, we're in the core, right? I like to 
I, I, that's been a thing that I've been learning ever since coming to the left is that the planet hates American people. We're just the wackest of the whack. We we don't know anything good, right? Uh, you see it um, in, in terms of uh, understanding, right? Obviously, we have our biases, um, but I wonder, I wonder how we here with our conditions, right? Think of Amilcar Cabral. He was he wasn't worried about isms and things like that. He just wanted to figure out how what was happening now and how can we use it to get to the next step. And that's all I want to do. Right now, it feels like we just need to learn how to actually organize. We're woefully uneducated. Obviously, uh, you don't have to push any ism to just learn how to organize, right? Unions do not push isms, right? They just, workers have this issue. So I don't know. I'm ranting, but go ahead. That's the point uh, of the pod, my friend. Mm. <laughs> yeah, like, wow, so brave. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, man. <laughs> Like I, I have conversations um, with my family, like not very frequently, but um, occasionally, like things will come up, and I try to impart what I know and like have that dialogue at the very least, you know. And I was talking to my grandma, um, just trying to reassure her that like I'm not like spiraling, I'm not <laughs> going crazy, or like. I don't know. Yeah, just on a path to inevitable destruction. Um, and she's just saying, like, their worries um, as far as, like, just the family, um, they ultimately stem from, like, this this fear that we're talking about. Like, just the, the knowledge um, of the majority of history, like, what happens to people who like choose to follow these sort of um, ideologies and um, uh, like adjust their lifestyles accordingly. Um, and I'm like, grandma, like <laughs> mm. I, I hear you. I get that. That's like something that you were physically immersed in. Like that was an environment that you like visibly got to witness. Um, but as much as times are the same, they've also changed in a sense that like, this isn't just like one or two like um, grassroots like um, militant sort of like um, groups and activists and revolutionaries like this is a a global like awakening of consciousness. It's not um, this is a sort of a mental and a spiritual battle that we're like dealing with here um, with like physical manifestations and repercussions that we experience. And like, if we can get the consciousness aspect in order, then the physical reality will follow. Um, and yeah, I think that's important that like, um, like we prioritize our, our spiritual and mental well being above all. So we can like, like I was saying earlier, value ourselves enough to want to see our um, physical realities change because um, like that's what's motivated us uh, throughout all these struggles of um, colonialism and imperialism and capitalism and oppression is like just the the sentiment that there is like a light at the end of the tunnel like freedom is is attainable and I think deep down we all know what that looks like for us and um, 
I don't. I think we all know that it's not this, mm-hmm. and it's not just us. Like it's the globe. It's everyone on the face of the planet that knows that we can collectively do better. And like you're saying, organization is key to that. So. Yeah, you remember when? You remember when Malcolm X uh, talked about that yardstick? I don't know if you saw that uh, video. Uh, Malcolm X. Not familiar. I don't think he was like everyone's measuring themselves up to the white man, but soon people are gonna go grow consciousness for their own communities and their own selves, and they'll have their own yardsticks. And I think as we continue, yeah, the internet is inherently um, like not gonna save us because it splits us apart, right? we, but if we read enough, we'll get on. We'll get offline together. Uh, right. But I just, I just wanted to point that out. You, you're right. Well, th- this is uh, this is something we were talking about in that uh, group chat, that shadow band support group of all these other <laughs> radical pages of all these odd oddball, you know, the woke dude at the at the restaurant or wherever wherever they are, you know, that that odd character that says. Funny things like all people deserve food, water, shelter, and the basics of survival. <laughs> Weirdo. <laughs> Light and fires. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's a chat like that. And, and I find that uh, in these communities among people with the ideology and the ism, and they say all the right things and they have these ideals, I find there isn't a lot of uh, motivation, drive, or interest in actually organizing in doing what people claim that they're interested in doing, which is collectively managing and making decisions together as groups and organizing, you know, creating the means of production and creating, you know, alternative structures that are ours, that we're a part of, that we manage collectively, that we do as a group. There's still so much individualism and that's structured into the way that the internet is structured and the algorithms that run it and all that stuff but it's also in us and we we have this complex of individualism where we were never trained how to be in a community it's a very alien thing so even if people understand it in theory these isms communism communalism green anarchy you know socialism all these fucking isms are all about people coming together and doing things together the word socialism was originally developed in a paper by some french dude who probably heard the word at a bar but it was called ideal individualism versus socialism and it's basically like do we do things as an individual do we think about ourselves as one or do we work as a social organism do we think ourselves as a bigger unit so that's the idea but i don't see it going into practice i see people theorizing about these state ownership and dictatorship or the proletariat and you know nationalizing oil companies and all this shit that's utterly out of reach that there's no tangible plan to get, that no fucking revolutionary vanguard is building itself up and arming itself against this mechanism. And so if we want to change things, we have to create new structures. We have to create dual power. I mean, we did a fantastic episode with Demetrius from Black Socialists in America, fantastic organization. And that's that's the word, dual power. And that's how that's really what allowed the Soviet Union to come into existence. It was workers' councils, Soviets, of people coming together and organizing, workers organizing in democratic, horizontal, anarchist arrangements without a leader telling them what to do. And they built all this organized power, this network of people all over this huge country so that when they were synchronized and organized and they felt that they were ready, 
Then the Bolsheviks came in and they took over and they said, now we're going to install ourselves and we're the state and we're going to make decisions and it's going to win them away. And then, oh, but suddenly you have to be a member of this of the Bolshevik party to even be in the parliament. And they just took more and more and more power because that's what power structures do to you. But regardless of that long-term discussion, where we are now, we need to create a new system. We need to create a new structure, a new way to organize ourselves, a new way to house, feed, clothe, and just live together and make decisions. And that's what we're working on developing. That's what we're working on shifting toward is creating this inter-cooperative system, this system of, of workers, human beings, managing their own productive life, making decisions together, deciding what they produce, how they produce it, and what they do with what they produce, and creating this sort of umbrella of, of the rain of the shitstorm of debt and money and exploitation and extraction and unsustainable growth and dehumanization and creating self-sustaining communities of housing cooperatives, of off-grid communities, of places like the Bridge Eco Village, which is in Philadelphia, I believe. There's a couple of them. They're in Baltimore, Philadelphia. And it's like Charles Xavier's school for youngsters. You know, it's like a giant, uh, like old building that they bought and turned into this multi-purpose university you know, workplace, housing, they have rooftop gardens, they're producing, you know, things that they need in a city. But this is an alternative structure where people are, in, you know, putting these principles in practice. And they're not calling themselves communists. They're not distributing pamphlets or spreading memes about some ism. They have changed their mode of production. And I think that's really like the truth of Marx, like th that really blossomed into the field of sociology as we know it, that humans are environmental beings social and environmental and material circumstances dictate our behavior and constrain us into how we act. I mean, like the printing press didn't have an ideology, but everywhere it, it spread revolutions and changes in power relations and new structures arose because of this way of changing the way we interact with each other, the way we think, the way we, you know, interact with our environment. So that's really, I think, what we should be doing is working together to figure out Find people with those shared values, but create new structures that build, that grow, that can do the work of finishing the work of abolition, of ab abolishing slavery, of creating this means to bring people out of their wage slave job and into this community where they're taken care of, where they have purpose, where they have autonomy, where they're given the resources they need to develop and to find where, where they really belong in this revolutionary struggle to recreate the world. Yeah, I, I just want to say two things to that. Well, three. Hell yes, number one, right? Uh, to but I see the problem to your initial point of they don't they're not excited about it. They they don't want to uh, question systems. They want to believe that things are natural, right? They don't have that dialectical materialism. They don't have materialism at all, right? And between that and, like you said, we've been alienated from community uh, activities. Uh, we're all cells at work, right? We all are very good at individual uh, lifestyles and getting together is hard for us, right? I remember my generation used to be like, we love texts, you know, and now people uh, are back in the day, they love calling before then, then it's texting, who knows what, what's, what, what goes on next, but people aren't together the way that they could be. And I think they'll find out it's really easy. Like, I don't know um, how close you were to that group that you just mentioned that, that built that out. 
that's amazing. And I want something like that. I want like a, a school. Uh, I, I have I have my ideas, right? I want that for myself. Um, and, but I've been organizing. I've been joining organizations just to see how they work, just to learn more about how they work. And you put enough heads together, no matter what the problem is, apparently, the answer's going to just pop out. And you just have to ask the right questions and know what, what, you're, what you're looking for going forward. So it's kind of crazy. It really is that easy. If we put our heads together, who knows how many ideas could solve how many crises, right? So I commend that group. I hope that they open, uh, you know, drop a template online you know, uh, so that we could recreate that or and, and all of that, right? Like, I hope that you, with, with your community, you can bring us all together so that we can have those talks too, so that we can maybe have, uh, like, LeBron's The Shop, but with people planning, you know. Mm. But go ahead. Super, super quick note on uh, what you were saying about people coming together and, and thinking. There's a great uh, moment, a little aside, in David Graeber's last book, The Dawn of Everything, talking about how the choice-making center of our brain is activated very seldom through the day. Because if you think about it, driving in your car doesn't require you making choices. It just requires you, you know, slogging through it. Going through your job as a, a server or uh, working in an office, you're not making choices very often. You're just reacting to what is put in front of you. Except when people are talking to others. And that section lights up multiple times per minute because we're forming new pathways. And there's just something about us that when we're around other people, when we're with other people, like right now in this little pod conversation, I had no fucking energy. I was really looking forward to uh, just kicking back and being a good ally and uh, uplifting black voices and smoking this bowl and letting you guys do all the talking. But being in this, in this fray, in this little clique, this small community, it fills me up, it gives me energy. So yeah, the answers are all in us, in each other. Yeah. I want to uh, commodify organizing to that end. I would love to see uh, people get 75k minimum salary to organize. Just go in and consult. Look, oh, you need? Oh, you got a problem as a group? What kind of group? What, you know what I'm saying? Are you tenants? Are you workers? Uh, are you just? Are, you know, what's the group? Let's get it organized. Um, everyone needs to learn how to do this. And I, I think uh, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to continue on to, to, to figure it out, but I would love to, again, this is an open call. Send me everything that you have. Uh, regardless. I had, I had another thought the other day of, uh, like, cause remote work is a big thing now. Like what if a group of people who like had basic tech skills, one of them was qualified for a job and they all just fucking split that job. <laughs> like, they all get an apartment and they split that one job and they will, they're each working like five, 10 hours a week, you know, on that one job. And then like the one person comes forward in the Zoom meeting and like presents the information, but they're splitting the salary. I mean, especially if you're living in a place like Columbia here, or you just live in a place where you got cheap rent, where you have multiple people sharing a big house or uh, you're off grid and you own your own land. And, you know, it's like, we're not thinking outside the box. That's we're all cool. going in on our own individual jobs. And then our own individual houses. And it's stupid. It's a fucking, it's a dead end. It's really stupid the way we do things. And we just think, oh, there's nothing we could do about it. You haven't ever thought about it. You've never questioned this arrangement. That's and the, the solution isn't just we all get together and kick over the table and there's tanks and smoke grenades. And like, that's, a, that's <laughs> an unimaginative idea of a revolution, you know? Mm. 
That's the that's the way that's been forced on people historically. But I swear, I love the idea of job pooling. I never thought of that before, before now. Job pooling. That's, that's basically <laughs> how I view that is job pooling. Like, that's hard. That's amazing. That, <laughs> that's hilarious. And you just came up with that. That's, that's what I mean. Like, ideation. There's so much available and there's so much uh, need. I think that it's clear what needs to happen next, right? Th those sparks need to fly. We need to have those conversations. Someone needs to be in the back writing it down. And throw that throw that Batman chat GPT or something. Let's let's get it done. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> let's get it done. Uh, I mean shit, the the um the the shop that you're saying, like a, a shop but for let's, actual yeah. productive and conducive conversations to <laughs> Liberation, hell yeah. Uh, what you guys are talking about reminds me of the um, Fred Hampton quote that I posted on the TikTok. He was saying, like, theory's cool, but, like, theory without practice ain't shit. Mm -hmm. So, essentially, like, you're filling your brain with um, Dead like, all these theoretical, yeah, I mean, come on, like, it, there's nothing wrong with educating yourself, but if you're educating yourself with inapplicable, like, content and, and information like Zach saying like there's, there's a dead end there you have to kind of think outside the box like okay how can I like um, absorb this information and like assimilate it with everything else that I've learned and am coming to learn and what I know about my desires and the desires of my community and how can these things be applied to a truly productive like environment and systematic approach to like liberation and living in a detached way from the monster, from the system, from, yeah, just the tentacles of oppression that we just can't seem to escape, but it's all about trying. And that's one thing that I will always um, forever take pride in is that, you know, at least I tried, like <laughs> I could live a whole lifetime of just um, blind conformity and like just vain fucking like abstraction, but I choose to devote my time and my interest into something that hopefully can yield productive fruits and productivity in the true sense of the word, not like the the capitalist guilt productivity that like you feel like if you're not fucking commodifying yourself twenty four seven then you're a worthless piece of garbage. <laughs> like true productivity in the sense of like building community and fostering like su sustainable ways of living rather than like extractive and just destructive ways of living. I mean yeah you would think it would be common sense but it ain't so common i think um 100 you know to the beginning point um they they need to get up and actually start start doing the work right theory uh without pra practicing and shit so you have what is it wisdom is the application of knowledge Right. You have to, they, they, we've read all of this. We really need to see how to apply it immediately, immediately. And I, I, I think, um, what we're working on is undoing, unlearning, which is obnoxious as MLK would write, right? 
he, 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 he talked about pointing out these issues as lancing a boil, which is disgusting. And I Googled it and you should too, and understand all about it if you don't. But this is meant to be uncomfortable what we're trying to do. And oh yeah, I remember the other point. You viciously, vociferously, furiously argued with your friend, right? because you had new ideas, right? And and a traditionalist is not a revolutionary mind, right? Like Amakar Cabral has a quote where he's like, you can tell how colonized the people are by how, how much of their culture is tied to their oppressor's culture. Like how much are they acting just, or trying to be just like boss men? And for you to constantly try to come up with something new is revolutionary. For you to constantly be interested in somebody trying to refactor some paradigm is a revolutionary mind. Again, the opposite of indoctrination and tradition, which is why they fight us so hard. And it's so annoying, but go ahead. Uh, the uh, Zapatistas have a saying that's like they walk with questions and uh, they have a very clear awareness that they have remade their society and they have shaken off the yoke of their masters and they are creating something new that they don't know where it's going. And I think there's an incredible wisdom in that and an incredible beauty in a revolutionary being, not just one flip of the table or one change of power or one you know, rearrangement of seats, but it's really, re if you recognize that material conditions and economic relationships and modes of production shape the way you think, and you are yourself trying to change those systems you must recognize you are trying and you will change your consciousness. You are changing who, it, who you are. You are changing your identity. And that is frightening to people, but I, I am very excited by that because all we've ever known are reactions and internalizations of this brutal, ugly system, this system of slavery, this, this trillion, well, that's the way it is through the day. You know, this, this, this how many times a day do we look at something unspeakable and horrible and accept it? Like either we just don't know that we're eating poison food or we know and we're like, eh, whatever, fuck it. You know, like that's the, that's the way people have rationalized it to the point where we have this I'm trash culture, this self-deprecation where it's like, yeah, I'm garbage. You know, it's like, no, you're not garbage. You're, you're being exploited and deprived. You're living on cracked corn, you know, you, 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 you are a slave, you know, and, and I think that's that's the big thing that people don't want to be told that they're a slave, that they're ultimately, you know, wage slavery in a nutshell is like, if you have slaves, you're going to pay, you're going to give them enough food. You're not going to pay them, but you're going to give them enough food that they live. You're going to give them a, a shack to keep them out of the rain so they don't die of exposure because that yeah, would just be like be your to tools out there. Yeah, I agree. You know, so it... it in the current system, and people have been pointing this out since the 18 fucking 80s, you know, wage slavery is slavery. And it's it's in many ways more oppressive because it's like the slaves have to figure out their own shit housing. The slave working for McDonald's, getting paid a subpar wage. I saw Mean CV post this thing today, the other day about uh, the, the median wage needed to work, to work 40 hours and afford rent anywhere in the country mm. is, 20, is like 28 to 40 dollars so people have to work 100 hours to afford rent the lowest rent in most states in this country Two and that's and fucking thousand. slavery yeah. and people don't want to hear that they're slaves they don't want to hear that they're not free they have this inversion and this sense of misplaced pride 
that they would rather be like, oh yeah, I'm miserable and I'm shitty, but I'm in control of my life. And I made these choices. I chose to be poor. How many homeless people have I met that apologize for their existence and blame themselves and said, I'm scum, I'm shit, it's my fault. And not recognizing, wait a minute, this is unfair. I wasn't in control. I didn't have a say in this. But people would rather not be free and, and assert their free will. And, you know, than actually be free or actually recognize this is fucking bullshit. It's bullshit that we tolerate this for myself or anyone else. Yeah, Fred Hampton would say you have to make a distinction. And I, I feel like he ran into the same situation you just ran into. And, and we probably run into people refuse to admit what they call victim mentality. And we are victimized, even if you want to say that we are culpable in the sense that we let it happen to us, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, uh, you have to admit you have to understand your place in the world. You have to understand how things are affecting you. You have to care. You can't just assume things are natural. I had my, my friend said, um, I can't wait till this phase is over for, for you, right? And I'm like, this is lifelong, right? This is, I'm bad at this technically, right? I'm nowhere near what I'm dreaming of happening, right? We're, we're far removed from my goals. So this is for life. I'm going to die doing this. And, and he's like, oh, okay. But I, I just think, if you can't even recognize, first of all, recognizing it is the first step. And that is a huge first step. It's a, you know, by an order of magnitude, that is how we got here, right? We would ask, what'd you say? Walk with questions. That's hard. I'm going to get that tattooed, right? That's, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, but we do just, they do just make sure that we have workers who are strong enough to press the button and do the work that they need. And they will only give us just enough. And literally Maslow's hierarchy of needs, uh, if you believe in it, you know, we're too hungry and too worried about shelter to be worried about being good ancestors or descendants. We're not worried about our place in time. We're worried about, you know what I'm saying? Like the very next second. One in six kids hungry, right? You you were talking about children earlier. So um, there's so much in the way. And I think the only time I see people uh, noticing that they can, that they have the power is when they are together. Like you said, those sparks are flying, even if it's casual, even if it's casual, people act powerful. People, you can tell people are affected by being around people and, and living in that, 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 that uh, I don't know that starscape of of thought and and just sharing ideas and just reactions with each other, especially if you love the group and things like that. I know some people don't always like to to be in groups and things like that, but I know that we could convince a lot of people if they would just say, "Hey." You know, things aren't all okay. I'm not good. I'm not, I don't really like grinding a hundred hours a week. That's not, you know, the, that's not, you know, Kevin Samuels with his high value man thing and all of that good stuff. Uh, I don't, if you don't know who that is, he's like the black, uh, uh, what's the dude who's arrested? Adam Tate. <laughs> yep. Uh, but it reminds me of Jordan Peterson too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan Peterson all day. But like this, this notion of, of being a high value man is going to undermine you, which is going to frustrate you, which is going to lead you down the path of fascism. And 
the only way to pull you back towards communism is to be to have that same gusto uh, in reverse, right, or in inverse, right, with the joy and the hope and the community and the love to fight off and off all that you know sociopathic behavior. Uh, that is the end result of the conditions that we're dealing with right now. And yeah, like you're saying, it's very conditional. Um, and this is one of the ways that, like, I feel like poverty gets, um, like, weaponized against us. Like, when you're in these, um, like, inhumane conditions of just being forced to survive, you're, you're forced into, like, this identity of, like, ego and attachment to your surroundings and to your circumstances because this is all you know like all you know is struggle all you know is hustle and so like your entire life's energy is devoted to uplifting yourself out of that and so yeah that leaves no room for like you're saying being a good ancestor honoring like your descendants and those who who came before you honoring their legacy fighting for your autonomy and your freedom rather than just being handed breadcrumbs and incremental tools to keep you placated and satiated within your environment because it doesn't just end once you lift yourself out of poverty like there's still um like generational traumas and curses that now have to be shed like you have to do the the inner work on yourself and become um like a reflection of what you wish to see in the world and we just haven't been conditioned in any way or taught in any way to to heal ourselves like in the truest sense of the word like there's no there's no time for that there's no there's no incentive like built in to healing yourself and healing your community healing your family and at that point that's it's just sad and even what zach was saying like just the the shit that we settle for like it's it's insane and it's depressing um just to think that we we can have everything available to us like uh, with i mean minimal effort like it's not like we it's not like the chain of like resources starts with some someone buying something from mother earth like she offers us to these things she offers us these things freely and abundantly and we've allowed power hungry and greedy selfish traumatized yes just all these all these mentalities all these curses and ideologies we've allowed them to run rampant within our community and now we're infected and like ultimately it needs to stop that seems to be the theme is that like settling isn't you know it's not what we deserve like we don't deserve to be in survival mode 24 7 right that leaves no room for like we were saying earlier productivity yeah, we can't be good descendants and ancestors. We can't even be good brothers and sisters and, you know, mothers and fathers and all that good stuff because of the silo, right? The the way that our lives have been structured, the way like we think we're free, but we don't have any choice 
with the decisions that matter, how we organize our lives, how we organize our economy, what we do with all of this money is not up to us. The, the land that we're on, right, it is commodified. Uh, but we, we can vote for the people who it is up to. <laughs> right. Vote hard. Supposedly. Vote as hard as you can. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, and I don't know, like people were arguing with me with that. I'm, I'm going to support Cornell West because I want him to turn it into an organizing movement. If he can just get people together and, and like this moment and just have moments like these and create a boost for the for the left's uh, visibility and uh, validity, I'm, I'm all for it. And people are mad at me because I want, I'm not saying vote Democrat. I'm like, let's just not shame each other. How about that? How about we just go ahead forward and if you don't, want to support anything at all don't if you don't want to support third party while trying to create you know uh, a workers movement uh, on the ground don't uh, I don't know but we, we have uh, we have allowed ourselves to be wired into constant criticism so much so that we are self-neutralizing and this is a, a sublime victory of the absolute provable relationship between Zuckerberg and the intelligence community you know the, the CIA and the COINTELPRO programs that they used to sow division, the breakup movements back in the day are either, they're certainly still going, but they're not necessary. They're automated. They got chat GPT on that shit. We are fucking <laughs> sabotaging ourselves in our own minds first by just being critical of everything and attacking each other and uh, constantly criticizing every fucking thing that someone else says. It's insane the comments that we get on on these posts. Oh People are God. so wired and primed to just talk shit and not do anything and it keeps them from doing something. It keeps them from taking action. And they're in all of them are afraid to do something. They're afraid to jump in there and try because someone else they know is going to talk shit the way that they do. I th I think the most frustrating part like an aspect of that is like the idea that Ultimately, we all have these like same end goals in mind, and we're fighting and bickering over like this, these right. like little abstractions and differences. Like, how about we focus on the commonalities and the things that, um, like, the ideas that we do um, like hold equal weight to, rather than just fighting over the minute differences that we have. Um, to, to no end most of the time like it's not like either side just gonna be like you know you're right um so yeah it, it ends up wasting everyone's time there's no pro productivity being fostered in that sort of environment if we just chose to to focus on what we have in common i think we'd reach a, like a lot of our end goals and a lot less time <laughs> i agree i agree i'm um Malcolm X again said, uh, what is it? We could agree on goals, but we can't, or we can disagree on tactics. We can't disagree on goals. I think that would like cut, cut that for me helped me cut back on a lot of arguing. <laughs> uh, but then furthermore, yeah, it's the way the algo is set up for us to debate. Like I do not do debating. You could call me soft as much as you want. I will block you. If you don't, if you don't even, if you don't even follow me and you're just popping off disrespecting I, I, i'm in a place i got ms which is multiple sclerosis so i don't like stress stress hurts me right so i'm not about to allow it i have to change my diet entirely and how i'm supposed to fight stress and i'm over here reading all this stuff like you said we're getting hit with the with the atrocities every single day 
right? We, we see the catastrophe uh, live and unending, right? So I don't know. I, I feel like everyone dealing with this is a is a very sick diet. This is a sick diet, and we need to find ways to replace it, right? Instead of doom scrolling, I saw an ad talk about like micro learning or something like that. Come up with more alternatives to what we're dealing with, right? And uh, we'll see how that goes because like you said, again, um, we need like to end those generational curses. We need to be creators, uh, generational buffs, blessings, whatever you want to call it. We need to go in a new direction. We need to try something. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, uh, kind of coming up to the end of our time here, I'm going to make one little point and then I'll uh, toss it to y'all to give some closing statements. But just basically, like, we have a negative feedback loop of bad information, hurtful things, seeing the world die, seeing everything precious just rot and burn, you know, being attacked for expressing ourselves, being in these toxic communities that uh, you literally get ahead by being divisive and, and saying, you know, reactionary things and reducing complexity and sensitivity and compassion, you know, um, for me to say like, you know, the billionaires aren't choosing to be evil bastards. You know, they are just doing what society told them to do. And we give them more power than they're worth to assume that they're, they're megalomaniacal super geniuses who went against the social construct to forge themselves they're, they're weak people that just went with the flow, you know? And that's a controversial statement in a scene that, you know, the guillotine is, is, is the easy like getter. Post a fucking picture of a guillotine, get 100 <laughs> likes. Post a 10,000 word essay on how we can get out of this and what we can do to create it and what we can do today. First of all, the algorithm doesn't, doesn't up, you know, upvote it. So you, and then people just, they gravitate toward the, the wrong stuff. So the question is, how do we create a positive feedback loop where we are creating actions and integrations and interventions that feel good, that don't make us feel worse, that don't feed into this negativity by focusing on the positive? Because we get so obsessed focusing on the negative and pointing it out to people because they don't recognize it, that we have forgotten, many of us in, this, in these communities, to even really think about the positives. You press a lot of these people on what does communism look like? How do you get to that? What is? How do you transition there? Oh, the workers will figure it out. Mm, I kind of agree in principle, but I don't think that's good enough, chief. You have to actually figure out how are you going to purify water? How are you going to uh, you know, farm? How are you going to grow food? How are you going to do all this without fossil fuels? Like, None of these questions are really being asked. And those are, if you, if you break things into smaller pieces, you will actually get answers and you'll feel satisfied instead of just more pissed off all the time because you're not seeing results. And the more things you do in person, the more physical, real world actions you take, the better you're going to feel. The more people you connect with, the, more, the stronger you're going to be, as, as the great Richard Wolf said in a, our recent episode with him, that you know it feels good to be with people, to organize and every little victory, every plate of food you can give to people is something tangible that you're not infinitely alienated from because you're doing it for the likes. So yeah, wrap up question for each of you. I don't really have a question, but I'm an autonomy supportive uh, podcaster here. Um, <laughs> closing thoughts, closing statements. How can we make more black revolutionaries? Mm. Well, we do need to focus on the positive. 
Um, I will say I'm I I like the the, the line uh, worry about the revolution first and then we'll get on to what we're going to do next. But I also agree that clarity can bring people to the table uh, because they're fearful and rightfully so. And we need to respect that rather than just call them dumb or Google it because then the the trope again is what go see was it Prager you. <laughs> Prager, you will catch anyone that we throw away, just like we're catching everyone that they're throwing away, right? So I, I, I think um, to your point about all the the words that you could put in a post that could be the you know it could be the the clues, right? It could be the red letter text from the Bible. That is just what we need, right? And and they'll ignore it because it's too much. And I, we have to figure this out. Let me know if y'all can find out what it's like i'll give you this analogy when you try to tell people to watch one piece they're like that's too many episodes yeah. i'm like that's a good thing the the joy is in the journey so I, I what is that thing that people are afraid of this like it's not fomo it's like the opposite of fomo because they don't want to they want to miss out and i don't understand what that's called but my, to, to answer your question, how do we form more it, black it's leftists? Called, it's called it's called ignorance. It's just plain old. It's called ignorance. Proud ignorance too. Some they yeah. they dig it. They're proud to to not know. You're right. <laughs> Blissful ignorance. Because you know, for them to accept that they don't know something or that there's well, for them to accept that there's new things to learn is for them to say I don't know and I'm I don't have it all figured out. And it's again that that feeling of they'd rather feel like they have free will in a totally fake ass bogus way then actually free themselves with new information by recognizing, holy shit, I can keep growing forever. I can keep, I, there's no end to me. I'm not finished and I'll never be finished. And the revolution is the same way. Anarchists say there are no ends, only means. Sorry, go ahead. Mm. Um, I was just going to say like to that point, like I just posted, I saw some clip they were talking about, do you think that men should box in women's leagues if they're trans? And then they clipped to some like scary movie scene with like a dude in a wig looking like Mike Tyson snuffing some little white girl. And I'm like, uh, this is transphobic. Some chicks have dicks, deal with it, cope. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead. And that was like weeks ago at this point, a month ago, I feel like. And I've gotten the most violent uh comments uh period i oh it's always with the trans people it's always the most violent commentary when it's trans like i could talk about russia china anything else it doesn't matter it does not matter they these people do not want to learn anything about it they are proud about it they they will come at you and make sure that you push back right that you or that you fall back they want to make sure and so i guess to bridge that sort of ideology, um, I'll make a plea to 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 have more 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 black folk come come over to the left, right? Um, let's see, everything is is not uh, natural and man made. You know, white supremacy is not the final boss. Uh, every everybody that you uh, know about that's a cool you know famous revolutionary is revolutionary because they're like near communism or at least anti-capitalism so you need to reckon with that right and stop trying to uh you know get them to love you it's unrequited right just let's 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 not go in the direction of uh caring more about 
uh, acceptance in this system. We don't want our place at this table. We do not want our place at this table. This is not it. You need to think bigger than uh, getting next to them. I mean, look at who you're trying well, to people get don't season their food anyway yeah, why would look, you want to be at that table? look at who you're trying to get next to right <laughs> pay attention and be more selective then uh so, so I, I i really do believe that uh way more leftists could exist if everybody would just start to hey walk with questions right be more critical and uh actually notice when they're doing the same thing right as everybody else just 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 notice that you are doing the same thing as everyone else you you have a situation where you're just trying to make it we're all busy uh you 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 don't have time too too much time for end goals so you're gonna flex where you can right we get that but there's way more out there for us to have. There's way more that, and it's not always just you. It's way worse for people outside of America. It's it's international, and we can't we can't just make it and then leave everyone out to dry because then that threatens us. The same way that famous uh, quote, like the first gender science clinic was in Germany, and then you know they then they started jailing trans and, and communist people shortly thereafter. And here we are letting the those people over there get hurt. And eventually it's going to come back to us. It always does. So please reconsider, look into your history and uh, understand there's a rich tradition of black leftists. And the first step is not reading or any of that good stuff. Uh, it is you actually thinking right what does it say the revolution will not be televised <laughs> uh you have to actually just sit back and 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 be open to new frames of thought and that's all we're trying to do we we are good people uh we are not dirty communists who want eight gorilla 18 gorillion people dead i promise you we uh we believe in you and we want more for you we're not yes we're mean to you yes but you're mean to us okay you're pretty mean to us and we're not like black conservatives. And and I will, I, and I just want to add this last bit, last bit. You know, I am a Kanye whisperer. I believe Ye will be reborn. I think that he can get through this and come to the conclusion. Cause, because think about Ye, he's, he, he, he's counterculture. What's more counterculture? What's the real red pill? Communism, right? Just anti-capitalism. That's that'll get you dead quick, right? If you if you if you want to move in a direction that's counterculture because you believe in, I gotta go where the energy goes. Well, there you go. There's nothing higher, sir. And and I think that I could be his Steve Bannon if he wants to try again. But um, it's all good if he doesn't. I'm just putting it out there. And uh, I I think that the inevitable result of go like look at Kanye he did everything capitalism told him to do he lost his family and he's losing his money it will undermine you undermine you you can't do better than yay come on you know what i'm saying so just realize that you're not going to do better than him look at some alternatives and the chances that you're we're just getting it right in the infinite possibility of ways to organize our lives this way is the best way you should just step back and just have some you know humility and just say question it just question it right just that's all i'm asking as a black leftist we just want you to question things so that's my plea you made so many good points like 
and just about to your point about not like wanting a seat at this table like as we can see like how it plays out and works out for people like Kanye and Jay-Z like are these people who we necessarily want to be deifying and idolizing like making our role models like acting as if they're like exemplary humans um no that, that's not necessarily uh productive or conducive to anything that like will be in any way associated with like our liberation from these constraints if anything you're just perpetuating that cycle so like you're, like you're saying like we're not you know trying to kill anybody all we're doing is embracing like accountability and not running from it and not doing what's comfortable like like you were saying earlier this process is meant to be um an uncomfortable one um it reminds me of terence mckenna when he's talking about being birthed into the earth like the the baby is having um just this this terrifying horrific experience of leaving the comfort of this like safe harbor and cocoon that it's been like developing in for close to a year and here comes these bright lights flashing flashing its eyes and um, it's entering into a whole new dimension has no idea what's happening to itself has no, has no instinctual response but to to cry and um seek help and assistance and guidance and um he feels the warmth of the blanket and his mother's arms and like just the attention and affection that it's getting and it's reassured like oh this is a safe environment to be in um and while that process was uncomfortable the process of transformation and changing environments it ultimately yielded a better and like safer result for the baby and i think we have that potential uh, to come out of this extremely discomfortable, uncomfortable and um, just like toxic relationship that we have with this abuser that we can't leave and that we keep coming back to. And ultimately it, um, it stems from like an identity crisis that we're having, not knowing what we're deserving, not knowing what we're capable of, not knowing like the tools that we already have at our disposal, if we're just willing to pick them up and, and use them. And so ultimately uh, being aware um, of your environment and how you interact with it will always be the first step in like seeking liberation from said environment. Um, if you're not aware that you're in chains and in shackles, there's no way that you can free yourself from them. And like it reminds me of the meme where it's like saying like it's showing people in physical bondage and slavery, uh, and and then it's um, a picture of people in like cubicles under it, and it's like slavery. It works better when they don't know because yeah, if you're incentivized by your slavery, <laughs> that's just gonna be a, a self-perpetuating cycle, a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, so yeah, I just think we we have to like love ourselves enough to to leave that toxic that toxic x <laughs> which is like you're saying white supremacy capitalism imperialism just the overall um structure of oppression 
it's 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 run its course. <laughs> you know, uh, I just want to out pass it to you after this. Uh, we will kill your like ego or, or some of those things that you need to unlearn. Right. And like my man said, the transformation is, is, is like, I like when I hear transformation, I think death, I think of that butterfly and that cocoon and that how they turn into soup. Like you can't convince me any otherwise that, that he's questioning his actions as he turns into soup. He's like, I don't think, this, you know, but he, he comes out popping. So I, I, I really do think that there's a lot that we need to unlearn. I think it's obvious and I think uh, it's hurting you. And I think that we care so deeply about you that we're going hard. We, we, we know that you deserve more. We know everyone deserves more. There's a lot going on and we see a future that we all deserve. We know people that deserve more, period. We know that, and we don't blame, we don't apologize for systems. We don't apologize for systems. We protect people. We side with the powerless, period. And there's no shame in that. Like, Proudly. Feel, yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, like, don't allow people casting judgment and aspersions on you and your name for wanting better for for not just you, but for those very same people. You know, like, that's all noise. Yeah, because they will shame you. How dare you try to protect Palestinians or, or trans people or, or or women, bro? You soft, you whipped. <laughs> How dare you have any sort of compassion for your fellow human beings? It's so obvious. All I got to say to that is, uh, wow, so brave. <laughs> thanks for listening, y'all. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. I'm sure we'll have, uh, have both of you on. I mean, Ron, come on, you're on the show now, and I'm going to keep harassing you to jump on episodes with us until you're you're here. You're in it. You're in the, I just, you're great at this. I love, I love having you with us and uh, I'm going to keep, keep encouraging you to be on this show, be a more of a permanent aspect. You, you, you got, you got this touch kid. You got it. And uh, you know, y'all's generation, even though there's these micro generations, you know, um, mm-hmm. it's really going to, going to carry the torch and y'all are open to it. And that's really exciting that we have young people that like when I was 23 years old, I couldn't articulate myself in this way. I wasn't, part of a movement like that you know so yeah just glad to have you here and lawrence really glad to connect with you as well and uh i I made so many great connections with people in these social media echo chambers but the point of them isn't to jack our imaginary number up so we can generate data for zuckerberg and the surveillance state it's for us to meet each other and do this and go further and connect and go beyond the confines of this little screen so that we can come together and put these ideas into practice 100 percent. there without practice ain't shit Mm. (laughs) do you want to do something about all the issues we talk about here on our show do you want to learn more get involved and help us help others break out of the cycle step one is to join the growing community of rebels and kind hearts sharing their knowledge and passion follow moneyless society on our social media pages and spread the message to people who need it When you're ready, you can get involved by reaching out and becoming a Moneyless Society volunteer. We need every skill imaginable, large or small, if we're going to resist the powers destroying our planet. And even if you don't have time to volunteer, you can help us build the dream with donations of any size. We create all of this community and content because it is our passion, but we need resources to get it done. Monthly Patreon donors receive cool perks like early access to future episodes, and visitors to our website, moneylesssociety.com, can buy Moso shirts and other merchandise that help spread awareness. We're glad you're here, 
and we hope that you'll keep learning and growing with us. The goal may seem far away, but we can get there together.